This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week, we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China. Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai, and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account. Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China. No spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss twenty two, R A C H E L W E I S S twenty two. And now for this week's episode. Welcome back to Date Night China, season three. I know. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's been a while since we've been recording our musings on on life and love. Yes, yes, quite, quite some time. About and, one year. And now you're British. <laughs> and and also I'm British now, guys. Yes. So, welcome back. My name's Nathan. <laughs> and I am Rachel. And I'm not British. I am from the United States. Yes, and I am also from the United States, and I, I don't want to elaborate any further.、Uh, so yeah, it's been a while. Season two wrapped in early 2021.、Uh, we spent the year just putting on a ton of events and、uh, growing online, and、uh, it's great to be coming back with an exciting lineup、uh, for season three, which should go on infinitum, really. You know, the last couple of seasons have been like you know, twenty episodes, ten episodes,、mm. uh, but now we just want to carry on. Yeah, and it's it's exciting for us to be coming back. I guess for many reasons, because we have been focusing on the events. We we've expanded to Shanghai. We're also in Beijing, but we have many WeChat groups now with people from all over China. And we felt like this was a great time for us to recharge the podcast because now it's 2022. It's been two years since we started Date Night China, almost、mm. three years now. Almost.、Um, and a lot has changed in China just with the landscape of people who are here, especially like expats like us who have felt a big difference. And a big shift. A lot of people left China, or they were trying to get back into China, but they're stuck. So it's really shifted, like the communities that we feel here in Beijing, and that other people in Shanghai have felt as well. And that's why, for our first episode, we wanted to talk about what the dating landscape looks like now in 2022. And the, one of the other big changes of the podcast this year, and the media from now on, it will be more.、Uh, Inclusive of many different voices, you'll be hearing lots more people on the podcast this year as we expand our media.、Uh, so, for this episode, we asked、uh, quite a few people about what they thought、uh, about the dating scene now and how it has changed. Even some new people, people that are fresh off the boat that have only been in China for for less than a year. Mm. You know, so they've only known it through COVID, which is kind of nuts. You know, it's such a shame. You know, because I had a good two years before it all sort of like locked down, and even then it wasn't bad. But I still had, you know, a great time. You know,、yeah. 2018 to 2020. Yeah, I do think it is wild that that's the only experience some people have had. Because I had a good. I came to China in 2015, and I had a good like four or five years before. Five years, yeah, before things got a bit crazy. So for me, it's like, oh my gosh, you guys never experienced traveling outside the city you moved to, and it's such a different place with、yeah. COVID in. Yeah, and we don't know what we're talking about because we've been dating for two years now. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. 
That joke never gets old. It's <laughs> my favorite joke, you guys. Um, yeah, Nathan and I are dating. If anybody's new listening and checking in, that's a whole story. Maybe we'll get into another time. But that's why we're bringing on a lot of diverse voices from different people all around China. People who are single, people who are dating. We're gonna be talking to professionals, all kinds of people around the scene because we want to really represent what it's like dating here. We're also gonna be talking to local Chinese people, but also expats. Um, so it's gonna be like a really diverse group of people. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know our focus has shifted because uh, when we first started, it was very much about how to foster good relationships, first dates, more of that single lifestyle. But as we've grown and as the as the brand has developed, um, we're more focused on um, good relationships, be it romantic ones or platonic ones. You know, how do you foster those that that social circle or that inner circle that that can really make a make a break a, a, a happy life in China? So that's what we want to explore. So it's not just romance. We are looking at um, all types of relationships too. Yeah, we used to be a bit more uh, raunchy and, and and very drunk when we've recorded our messages. So mm, um, we've we've come so far. It's a brand new it's a brand new day, everybody. <laughs> but it's but don't worry, we're gonna be keeping some of the same fun vibes. We're gonna have some single people telling some crazy dating stories. Still, that's gonna be there. But we're also gonna be talking to a, a huge depth of people with all kinds of experiences, like Nate yep. just mentioned. So shall we get into it? So what have we got on? So how are we gonna start? Yeah, so it's been a while since we just started <laughs> anything. I'm a little bit like, well, what do we do? I don't yeah, know. Let's, let's just jump right in. So we asked some Date Night China listeners and our audience members a few different questions about dating now in 2022. So let's jump into the first question, which is how has the dating landscape changed? And you're going to hear some stories from different people now. Okay, we're gonna. I think we'll try and record that bit again. There we go. My name is Mark Alan Karanja. My Mark Alan Karanja Ngina, depending on whether you're looking at my passport or just me. Um, I come from Nairobi, Kenya, and I've been in China for four and a half years. It's going to be five years this summer. So let's just say five years. Oh my goodness, the landscape in Beijing, um, the landscape in date Beijing, I will call it date Beijing, has changed tremendously just from the time that I, I came because, you know, we have to accept, we have to remember that Beijing is one of the, the most dynamic cities you'll ever be in. People are always coming and going, people are always coming and going. But what happened in the last two years is there was a chilling effect. After, during COVID and when we went into a very, into the national lockdown, many of the students were locked out. Many of the teachers were locked out. And for the students, there was really no way to come back. So that entire demographic was almost scrapped. Then there were the teachers who had to try and come back. And that took maybe a year, a year and a half. And in the year and a half, people were having, people had to figure out what they were doing with their lives. And I know quite a few um, relationships that broke down because of it. Um, and then there were the rest of the professionals on this other side who were trying to make deal with the teaching population who they really never used to deal with, I would say, because, you know, they were like, I think people in Beijing really stick to, to clicks. But now it's it seemed like a free-for-all and, and it almost feels like people are far more willing to compromise than they were before. 
um, in terms of who they're willing to date, what their compatibility is, what their expectations of the relationship are. Yeah, just generally people have completely shifted what they thought that they wanted in, in dating. And I think now people are more interested in date for the moment, whereas before you'd find people who were thinking, yeah, I enjoy this, but I also think this has long-term potential. I think now very few people are looking at relationships either with locals or other foreigners as things that have relationships that have staying power. I think that's the biggest difference. Okay, so that was Mark's take. He gave a good overview of, of how the scene has changed and, and the demographics, <laughs> teachers, uh, students, or business. Right. I do think that people in Beijing, I can't speak for the other cities, but I do think people here generally evolve or revolve around social circles. I think that's so true that people have certain areas and groups that they do hang out with. Yeah, and, and that's what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, certainly in the first six months if you were, if you were here uh, and, you, and you realized that going home or going anywhere wasn't a, a great option, not, not, not that you could. Uh, a lot of social s circles contracted, didn't they? And then suddenly people that and usually never meet are just suddenly seeing, you're seeing people out all the time. And it's like, how, how have I never met you before? And like I've literally been here the same time as you ha you has, but it's just because of the social circles right. have changed. As small as Beijing is, sometimes you could be completely like not running into the people from different circles until COVID. Also, mm. I think it's worth saying that these are expats that we've interviewed today. So this doesn't may not reflect the Chinese communities, um, but this is definitely all about the expats' perspectives and how people from these circles feel. But I think Mark was right as well, is that it, you know, it did put a spotlight on anybody that was in a relationship or if COVID was potentially threatening the status quo between two people. Uh, you know, it puts a spotlight and say, okay, what are we doing? Because I'm thinking about going home or I'm stuck out. Should I wait? So you did, you know, you have seen a lot of people shift. Yeah. Uh, and that's been, well, I guess it's, it's normal, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of weird because like we got together during that time. So, yeah, I think relationships happened either two ways. It was like the big defining moment of like what's going on and there was a lot of breakups that happened. It kind of pushed people to a certain point. And you couldn't see, or... you couldn't go on any new dates so you settled for me. You're like, ah, he's around. You know, like I keep seeing him every day and he seems right. pretty keen. Yeah, okay. So. Uh... Um, <laughs> no, I think other people like us experience like not a total acceleration but I think people who were like maybe kind of thinking about getting together or like had some stuff going on, it kind of accelerated. Like people... We've heard stories of people moving in very quickly together or people like on this faster timeline with a relationship during COVID, which is very interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So what next? We're going to hear some personal stories next, right? Yeah, let's go. My name is Kale Holmes. I've lived in China for more than three years and I'm from Texas by way of Washington, D.C. I remember this like one girl I was kind of like seeing when I first got to China, she went back to like her home country uh, and like she couldn't come back. And, you know, that's like definitely a thing, but I feel uh, like the great thing about like Beijing specifically is like there's 20 million people here and like there's always people coming in and out and uh, it's pretty international too, so. My name is Elise. I've lived in China for three years and I am from Michigan in the United States. Well, I have had 
what, 11 months of a COVID-free China life. And dating was fun, it was exciting. And now, since the borders are closed and lots of people have left, it's just the same old, same old. Um, which even me, a person who doesn't even date, I just, like my friends just keep trying to hook me up with the same people. And I'm like, this isn't gonna work. Um, so because I think there hasn't been a fresh batch of new menses, uh, there's a lot of recycling happening. There's a lot of open relationships happening. People being like, yeah, that's my man, but you can sleep with him. And uh, a lot of maybe men and women who are choosing not to date or maybe date people that they wouldn't usually date or give people they've rejected a second chance just because there ain't nobody else. Slim Pickens. My name is Mike. I'm from the great state of Texas. And I've only been in China for five months. I guess even at this point, I still can only compare it to what I was used to back home. So for me, it's been like so much better. And I guess because it feels better, it's also given me just kind of a natural boost of confidence. Yeah, so some people are <laughs> really not so enthusiastic about what dating looks like in Beijing now. Like like what Elise was saying, even, I think female expats, like I've talked to a lot of my friends especially, have definitely felt the dating pool has shrunk so much. Well, we see them when we, when we run the events and if we do a single mixer or a speed dating event, you know, you speak, the majority it is girls, isn't it? Yes. And they feel like that they're getting shortchanged with the dating pool. They say, guys, got it great, but uh, girls just feel like there's just nobody coming in. Yeah, I think that's a really hard thing. Usually, and especially in Beijing, Shanghai, you usually have people trickling in, exchanging, traveling a bit more. Here. You know, we, we need to speak to like a, a new girl because like, <laughs> you know, because Mike's come, it's completely different for Mike, but then he's that because he's a guy. Mike's just fresh, you know, he, he's what, a couple of months here and he's like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great. Lots of opportunities, meeting lots of people. But would a, would a, would a woman say that? That's a great question. I mean, that's always the big question with China, you know, and something that we'll probably get into later. Like, who has it more difficult dating in China, men or women? And obviously, the answer is, of course, it depends, and it's what you're looking for. Well, I, think, I think a lot of people <laughs> say women. I but a lot, a lot of people, people, I think, would definitely agree women. So it's just interesting, yeah, how the time you've spent here so far and um, how you're dating and where you're dating and all of those things really impact your experience. Yeah. Um, let's go to our next question then, because um, there have been some studies showing that COVID has made people a little more intentional with their time or more clear about their goals. A lot of people don't want to waste time. They were doing Zoom dates. They really wanted to get down to it because they didn't want to you know, have to waste a lot of time or it made them feel more clear about their goals with life. They were put in such a weird pause for a while and maybe they still feel that way, but they want to like at least feel with their dating that they're being more clear about who they want to spend time with and what they're looking for with dating. Yeah, I wonder if it's like pushed the timeline of any like engagements, you know what I mean? People's like, well, we've been together a couple of years, so like, what are we doing? Mm. You know, like, or we, we, we said that we'd get married or we, we'd get, uh, we'd, we'd work towards, you know, kids and stuff, you know? And that's a whole other can of worms, isn't it, in China, right. if, if you're not from here. Right, but that, that brings up a good point though, and I think, uh, when we ask some of our China daters this question, some of them bring that up though, like how how and when do you bring that up 
um, because being in China, especially being expats in China, we're kind of used to this transient lifestyle. And some people are on different timelines and are looking for different things. So when do you bring that up and how do you bring that up? Yeah. So let's find out if COVID has made people more intentional and conscientious daters. I'm Lebo Libisi uh, from South Africa, Pretoria, and I've been in Beijing almost four years now. I think uh, it's, people are a lot more intentional um, and I think a lot more ruthless with the editing process where they maybe are just going, oh, I want this and I don't want that. And they are very like clear about it now as opposed to before people would just go out and then just see if they vibe or get along. I guess it's become more efficient, but is that necessarily better? Do you feel like um, uh, catastrophic, potentially world-ending events make people more horny? Yeah, I would say, you know, that whole fight, uh, fight or... Flight? Fight or flight or fuck <laughs> is a very real thing. Um, it's, it's the brain going, I have this pent up energy, this tension. I need to get rid of it somehow. Uh, my name is Kelly. I'm uh, from Canada originally, but uh, moved here recently from Singapore. And I've been in China for just over a year. The guy has an idea of what he wants and it might just be sex. And the girl's like, oh, I'm looking for a boyfriend. And that's where it's different, where I, th I think a lot of times that we just have to stand up and say, this is who I am, this is what I want. And this is what I'm looking for and not settle for anything less than that. So if, so if you're not looking for an F boy, you can easily not find the F boys. You know, if you're willing to accept it, they're there, you know, and then, and then so, and I'm not putting blame on anybody, but I think you just have to be upfront of, of who you are as a person, what you, I, I, I think what people need to do is, is this is what I did actually, is I wrote a list of what I'm looking for in a partner. Um, and I, by doing that, I realized by writing what I'm looking for, I realized what I'm not looking for as well. And, and in correlation with that, right? Just because you're like, okay, I, like, like, I don't smoke, I'm not looking for a smoker, right? Uh, I, you know, like you can't be racist, you can't be rude, you can't be sexist, you can't be like all these things, right? So, so, so by doing those things and finding out what you really want, you're eliminating all these things you don't want. And so hopefully it'll be easier to find. And yeah, like it's, it sucks like going through and meeting these people and they turn out to be jerks or whatever like that, but it's worth it when you find a good partner. It really is. So you just have to go through it. But also you should have a good vetting system as well. Okay, so two sentiments uh, that, uh, well, I guess levels was a little bit confusing because on one hand he's saying that, yeah, people might be a little bit more intentional and then the second is just down to either flight, fight or fuck, which I think is a very accurate uh, <laughs> You sounded summation. a little Scottish there. Is it? Yeah, you Did sounded I? a little Scottish. I don't think you have very good accents, so... I oh, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I think certainly the flight, fight or fuck, I mean, the people that did take a flight um, left in 2020, um, there weren't many fights, but uh, a lot of... Effing, well, you yeah, know? a lot of fucking going. Cause it just felt like the end of the world, you know. It just felt like oh yeah, like, it was, it was like was nuts. No it was rules. madness for a while because yeah. people were like, "What is going on? And how do I how do I deal with this?" Nobody knew how to deal with it. Like we all spent so much money on drinking and, and going out and 
That being said, though, what uh, coming out of it, I think listening to Kelly, very good advice. I've never actually made a list. Have, have you ever made a list for like people? That no, you, like a wish list. <laughs> no, I've never made a list. I've had friends do that though, and you know they they write a checklist. And I think we've talked about this before, though. I think that can be really good to define your standards and know what you want. I think internally, I kind of have that. I haven't written things out, but I definitely had an a standard or a checklist in my mind. Specifically, like, if you're looking for... Like, British, <laughs> um, you know, r- ruggedly handsome, uh, insanely funny, very witty. Oh, look, there you are. So it worked, guys. <laughs> God, I bet people oh, are throwing people up. Oh, people are going to hate people this. Up. Oh, Sorry, everybody. Um, I'm but, not sorry but I think at all. when I was... Like, it depends if you're dating casually or if you're dating seriously. It depends what you're looking for. So I think a checklist, if you are like, hey, I'm looking for somebody like a more serious partner versus... See, I tell you what I think I've noticed before... Um, well, since 2020, is that the, the couples that we know now, like... You you are you notice that they're having those longer conversations, and normally I wouldn't really talk to couples about their long term plans, but it just seems just like a regular part of the. I feel like we check in with now. people about that quite yeah. often. Like, how's it going? Are what's the China timeline? You know, and what's what are you both wanting? And what's your future with your jobs? I think COVID's made that happen more often. Yeah, and and I guess for. The couples that are, are they're not having that conversation, they're just casual and it's not going to be something that they work out, you know? Yeah. You know, because I, I, I do think it's made people more intentional. I think it's made couples more intentional. And, and then I think the prospects of, you know, if you are single, it's like getting into it with somebody. It's like, God, if another COVID, something on that scale happens again, you know, do you want to be wasting your time with somebody that, you can't really see much of a future. I mean, it was the same anyway, but COVID's put like a very um, uh, um, harsh spotlight on it, I, f- I feel. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I think a lot of people, like our next two clips, feel like it hasn't made people more intentional. If anything, they say, well, we'll, we'll hear what they say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I tend to disagree, but let's have a listen. Are people more intentional with dating? I mean, (laughs) I honestly don't know if people are intentional with dating because we are expats in a foreign country, like our lifestyle and the community is so transient. And usually that transiency doesn't correlate with long-term what was the question? <laughs> People are being more intentional. Oh yeah, intentional. Now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that transiency doesn't always correlate with people being intention, intent in intentional. Intentional. <laughs> okay, let me just try the whole sentence. There's just a lot of big words. Okay. They Ooh. sound great. Yeah, oh, thank yeah. you. Thank they you. I just can't really get it together. <laughs> I'm on glass four of the wine and it's hot. Okay. Uh, what did I even say? You were saying, I don't think people really are being more intentional, maybe, because expats are yes, transient. Yes. Expat life. Okay, okay. Because expat life here in China is so transient, it's hard to really know if people are being intentional with the way that they date. I think. 
social media has really hyped up this like travel couple lifestyle where like you meet someone in a foreign country and you're like with them and you like travel and make content and it looks so glorious. But I'm like, what, how, where are you meeting this person? I don't understand especially in a different country where people are just coming and going. It is so hard to find someone who has the same goals as you because we all come to this country with an idea in mind of how long we're gonna stay and what we wanna do here. And to find someone who is like, A, willing to give up their goal to pursue something serious with you, or B, someone who has the same goal and long-term plans with you is like a needle in a haystack. It is extremely hard, especially with COVID, especially with the borders closed. Like everyone just wants to go home and I'm not going home with you, sir, not to live with you forever. If you live like in the Maldives, maybe. If you live in one of those beautiful French islands, possibly. But if you are from Minnesota, I'm not going back there with you. No thanks. So. Intentional dating, I don't know, maybe. But I don't date, I told you guys this. I don't talk to people, I don't date, I don't be in the streets, so I don't know what these people are thinking. <laughs> what COVID did to all of us, I think, is it made us realize the volatility of our lives in China. Whereas before people felt that they had some sort of security in China that, you know, we would, we were, we, all knew of the guy or the couple who came here in 1999 for a hiking trip and they've been here ever since because they opened a yoga center and they made it work. I mean, we know all of these stories. But after COVID, after we saw just how quickly and how arbitrarily or how seemingly arbitrarily um, certain decisions about immigration can be made. I think it made it very clear to all of us that we are very transient beings in the city. Anything could happen to, to, to pull us out of the city. And yes, there were very many hookups before, but what I would think is, or rather what I will say, my pushback on that is people, yes, had hookups, but they had hookups with people with whom they felt they had a lot more in common. What my gripe with people back then was, it, was um, they were turning potential mates into nothing but hookups. Whereas now they're turning people who should just be hookups into potential mates. That is the difference. And, and that is the reason why in the past, we all, before pre-COVID, all of us have known or, or have heard of the story of, you know, the Tinder date that became a three-day weekend that ended up becoming a living girlfriend that ended up becoming, hey, we're getting married and we're moving back to the UK or the US or whatever. We all know of that story because there was a compatibility there. There was a lot more intentionality there because people were far more aware of the fact that there is there are a lot more fish in the sea. So I don't have to settle for anything. And if something catches my eye, I will settle on it. Whereas now... There aren't many uh, fish in the sea. If you tell someone, if, if you're talking to a starving person, yes, you will look at them and you'll think that they're eating with much gusto, but maybe it's not because they like what you've put on the table, but just because they're dying of hunger, as opposed to someone who is doing fine dining and they look picky, but hey, they're enjoying what they're eating because it is their thought out choice. That's my difference. 
Yeah, I feel like people need to evolve with the times, right? Because like no one dates the way we dated back in ancient Egypt or in like the 1800s or even in 1986. And so people, I think, have to appreciate like the way like social relationships are changing. The material relationship of the world is changing. The pandemic, I think, actually has changed the way people see intimacy and people understand intimacy. And I think not just the pandemic, but um, people uh, like interacting with the world these days in general um, uh, with like, you know, my generation, like Gen Z folks and like Gen X folks, I think we're all kind of um, arriving at like different conclusions about what dating has to mean. And that's actually like a good thing that I think people should you know, embrace and like, I think being too resistant to it is a little bit a waste of time. Okay, that was that was intense. Very good answers though. So good. I think Elise and Mark, I just love how they keep it real and they are themselves. I, I think with Elise talking about how people, you know, are they being intentional? Like looking at social media, looking at all these different ways of people connecting I mean it's a very high bar to like think oh you need to find somebody that's got the same interests and you build this yeah you've got to have goals as, as a couple and work towards it but right. I think those like Instagram couples or like the stuff that we're doing with the podcast it's it's a it's a very uh it's an extreme of the spectrum right you know you don't yeah, have to be I mean 100% like I we know couples <laughs> that are like working out together you know what I mean they run together or they do something together you know right. like they bike or or they um, uh, do comedy, you know, or, or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I think that it is different like than these social media. It's pushed at you all the time if you're on these social media sites. And it, yeah. it does put this weird expectation like that you've got to meet your soulmate and, and you've got to both like want to like travel and be influencers together. And like, that's the dream. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, like Elise also said that she'd never go to like, you know, Minnesota. I've never been to Minnesota. So like if you were like... <laughs> Hey, you go don't you know? Minnesota. I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's go, you know? <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and Mark, what do you think of what Mark said? I really liked what he said, actually, about people are turning... Before in Beijing, people would turn, like, potential mates into hookups. I, I do feel like I saw that. Like, you'd be like, hey, you and this person, like, this casual person, you'd see your friends dating. You're Spot like, for choice. People are like, oh, yeah, next. Yeah, because I think you had the social media, like, you could just, like swipe on tinder for somebody else or just be like eh, i don't know we're gonna be like friends with benefits or fuck buddies but like actually they get along really well you know um but now what mark was saying is that people now are turning like potential um hookups into potential mates and like they're trying to make a long-term thing out of people that th that should just be hookups because they have less in common less goals less things that actually match up yeah just like more like a starving person <laughs> at a restaurant just happy to get anything yeah Ooh, it's bleak isn't it it is it is pretty bleak i don't know it's so curious i uh i think we need to like go to qs one night and interview people like at two in the morning to see what they're looking for there what is happening well i think if you find yourself at qs at two in the morning there's it's very clear what you're looking for you know <laughs> uh, yeah 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 fair enough I love Kale's uh, um, assessment. You know, like, I like how it skips, you know, it goes from Egyptian times <laughs> to 1986, which, you know, again, I feel called out because uh, that's the year that I was born. <laughs> but I didn't know that there, was, um, there wasn't there was many um, phases of uh, 
romantic entanglements. I, I think you hit the most important timeline. They're the most. Th- they're the ones you know, that stick out. That's it. <laughs> with the so. Egyptians <laughs> and 1986 and now. I can't think of anything else in history. He's very inclusive was with his answer, I guess. Just much. trying to cover everything. Yeah, and he did mention the Gen Zers, you know. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have one last question that we asked um, these expats, and that is, what are your goals for dating in China this year? So this is quite a mix. This is quite a mix. I kind of, I kind of like this. Yeah, let's let's get into it. One thing that I I forecast for myself dating this year is being okay with silence. I noticed that like one of the things is like when there's like a lull or. Like whether it's just like in one particular interaction or like in general, um, there's like not a lot happening. I feel like, you know, I feel obligated to actually like invent or like kind of like reignite a spark. And sometimes like a friend told me, like sometimes like the most deepest kinds of intimate moments happen when there's a lull or like some kind of silence. And so being at peace with that is something I want to implement in my dating life this year. Uh, the hard part is we all have a life expectancy as an expat, right? We don't know. I could be on year one of five and I meet somebody who's on year four of five, right? Um, I've, I've got friends who've left already and I just, just met them, right? And I know eventually somewhere down along, I might leave as well, right? So it's, it's, it's hard that way, but it's also one of those things where I think you're going to a relationship, you should, you should, you should focus on the now but you should have conversations about the future. And so at some point you should match up, whether or not you want kids, they want kids, whether you want to move to Thailand or wherever, right? Like so, and that's where you just have these conversations, right? And, and yes, it's hard to determine where you can have a great five-year relationship with this person if you didn't talk about these future things, you know, because like, oh, well, they want kids. Okay, well, are they ready for kids? Are they financially ready for kids? Whatever it is, right? Um, so that's where it's, it's a little tricky and tough where I find them, if, if sometimes if me, for example, if, if I just kept my mouth shut and wasn't so honest and wasn't so truthful about what I know my future is going to be, um, then I could have had some relationships, right? But I'm, clearly I'm glad I didn't have those, those relationships because I'm, I'm definitely happy with my, my current relationship, right? But you just have to have those conversations. And, and it's, it's, it's really important, but it's also hard because as a foreigner, you don't know. I don't know if they're just going to stop making visas. I don't know if my job's going to go, if China's going to close down, whatever it is, right? So, so that's where it's just tough, where you just have to just be present in the now, look for a little bit of the future, and then plan when you're ready. I would say this is probably the big upside to me being so new here, but I know in the short amount of time that I'm going to be here, I want to make the most of it and build and establish and make as many connections and relationships as I can. So really, I mean, for me, it's just uh, finding ways and avenues to get plugged in somewhere, involved, whatever, being part of certain uh, groups on WeChat that you may only do that one thing every so often, but it just opens doors because you never know you know meeting someone once somewhere how that's going to open up a door because I mean there have been like I'm a part of so many different WeChat groups already uh, even being here for five months. My name is Valentine I'm from the UK and I've been in China for just over two years. 
Um, I mean, the first recommendation, obviously, would be try and figure out your hobbies and your likes. Like, figure out what you like. For me, I like music, so I've tried to go to like open mics and um, also kind of networking. So I've found, you know, going to, for example, you might know Nugget. Uh, Nugget does some open mics sometimes um, and some just speak easy bars, nice and chill, where they hold um, um, acoustics and stuff like that. Um, or live bands. You go to Beersmith, you know, uh, Maybar. Those are places where they have live bands and there's, you know, live music. It's really good. It's a good vibe in there. Um, in terms of networking, um, I'd go to this thing called Intonations. They basically, you know, different people come all ages. They come there, have a chat, and um, I think it's great. And I think that's going to places like that where you meet people who are quite chill, chill, you know, like mature people nice and chill because you want to that's the people you want to surround yourself with i mean by all means if you want to be a party boy or party girl you can you know there's so many clubs you can uh, go to here but i would say first thing figure out your interests and then work from there and then you know if you like music go that way if you like art for example hang around the art district and find more artsy places uh but yeah that's that's my advice my only advice to dating in China is just don't. Save yourself the headache, the drama, the stress, the nonsense, the catfishing, the craziness, the language barrier, the stereotypes, the racism, the BS. Just don't. Stay single, start a YouTube channel, uh, get some brand deals, eat some good food, travel around the country, pay off your student loans, and the end. Tune in next time for more dating advice from Date Night China, where we tell people not to date. <laughs> <laughs> but you should date. <laughs> but like, but like, you should date. <laughs> if you want to, I guess. Dating for me 2022, I honestly, if I can be very, very brutally honest, I am honestly preparing myself for a winter of the soul, if, if that is not too grim to say. Just because, yeah, I, I've, I've looked around and there, there's just something about, uh, there's just something about the idea of settling, knowing what I want in someone and, and the fatigue that comes from even the idea of being on a dating app when you are someone who looks like me and sounds like me and presents like me. Um, the whole body politic of it, and, and I don't feel like going into it. And I am I'm aiming for stillness. And if something finds me, then it finds me. But I don't think I will be actively searching for something because at the same time, I like being a student of life and I've been one of those people who's actively pursued relationships, actively pursued situationships, actively pursued um, um, hookups when and if and when they occur. But this time, you know, and, and they've never worked. So now I want to just try being still and, and being... First of all, relaxed in myself, and second of all, being comfortable in myself enough to say, if it happens, it happens. 
If it doesn't, it doesn't. And if I see it with other people, if it happens for other people, I will be happy for them without necessarily wanting what they want, what they have, because that is another thing that I realize pushes a lot of us into bad situations that turn into situationships, that turn into vicious breakups, that turn into jaded hearts that end up turning into me bringing my bullshit into the next relationship. And that is seeing someone, something else that someone wants without realizing what exactly goes into it. Because let's be honest, we don't really share every single thing that we put into our relationship. In the same way that if you go to a restaurant, they will tell you some of the ingredients that they use, but they won't tell you everything. Um, and we try to replicate that with someone because we think, well, if they did it, then I can do it. Yes, but no. Because in as much as, you know, in as far as humans are unique, our interactions are also unique. And that couple working out doesn't mean that your coupling will work out, you know? And I, I'm trying to learn to be able to be happy for people without necessarily wanting what they, they have. And saying to myself, that is great for them. It might not be for me. And until I find what is great for me, I am happy to just be here with myself. I think what's interesting is, you know, we're talking about intentions and being more intentional. And I think the takeaway, not to sound too cheesy, is that most people are like being more intentional with themselves and just self-reflecting a bit more, pausing from dating if they need to, which is a totally valid thing. Even though we are date night China, we are totally all for having positive experiences but taking the time for yourself if you need to not date at this time yeah i think elisa's clip at the end um <laughs> uh, is probably not like the go-to tagline or advert that we probably want but like i totally get the sentiment yeah you know 100 and, and you do you know you you are mean a lot of people now that have just got dating fatigue that are just sort of like done you know and it's, it's a shame because i still believe that dating can be very positive and there's still lots of opportunities out there you know i think uh it, it just it just feels like it's bad. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I it's hard for me to say, isn't it? Because I'm not. I'm right. not. I'm not out there on We're the scene. We're not out there dating now. But I, I do think people sometimes recognize they need to take a step back from dating and take a pause. We recently did a poll about that actually a few months ago on our WeChat account, and it was, um, you know, online dating fatigue. And I think that's a huge part too that people get burnout from dating apps, from just like where are things going, not just the small dating pool, but how people are acting with each other. Um, and they just get a bit tired and they're, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to take a, uh, take a beat and focus on myself mm. and just do what makes me happy. I like what Elise said. She's like, I'm just going to like do what I want. You know, she's on YouTube. So she's a YouTuber. She's doing brand deals. She's like living her best life in China. And I think that's what you got to focus on sometimes. Like I'm just going to make the most for myself and, and just see what happens. Exactly. And Kale's sentiment about, you know, like enjoying the silences or being able to sit in the silences and, um, you know, that in itself is, you know, again, it's talking about the relationship, but then reflecting on what, what you, the work that you need to do internally, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I, I do think generally overall, my takeaway from this first episode is that uh, COVID for a lot of people that have uh, been looking for love or found love, it, it has been more intentional. I do think so. I really do. You know, you have had flurries of the, you know, crazy... Um, uh, oh, well, it's the end of the world, so I think I'll just go on with this guy uh, or this girl. 
Um, but generally, I think people are starting to do the work, and, and that may mean that they're a little bit pickier, uh, but it's ultimately a good thing, you know, I think so. Yeah, well, I don't know if I agree with you that everybody's being more intentional. I think one of my favorite things seeing, though, is, the, is like the accidental couples that happened, kind of what we previously mentioned. Some couples that did happen and that they're still dating and going strong because they were like doing their self-work during quarantine time and like focusing on themselves, doing what they love doing, go to the hobbies and the activities that they like. And then they happen to meet somebody there. There have been some couples like that. And yeah. that's been pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool stuff. Anyways, thanks guys for listening to Date Night China Season 3, Episode 1. Yeah, we're back. We're Tell all your back. friends. And uh, this was a fun episode because, like you heard, we've canvassed lots of diverse stories and perspectives, and we're going to keep doing that all season long. We want to hear from more people all around China. Yes, we do. And uh, so please get in touch with us. You can follow our WeChat account, search Date Night China on WeChat. Or you can add me on WeChat, Rachel, if you search Rachel Weiss 22, R-A-C-H-E-L-W-E-I-S-S 22. So thanks again. And remember to like the episode and share it and subscribe and share. And is that all the things? I always forget all the, the things. things. You did Do the all things. the things with the episode. <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah. Catch you guys on the next episode. Okay, bye. Bye.